Kid Rock. Some love him, some hate him, but everyone's got an opinion. He's been around for nearly 25 years and has sold tens of millions of albums as his sound has evolved from hip-hop to new metal to country. But does he suck? That's the question we're going to argue today on Prisoners of Rock and Roll. On one hand, he sings, he raps, and he plays multiple instruments. He likes soul, country, rock and roll, and blues music. On the other hand, he's becoming a character of himself. He's embraced a certain kind of redneck culture that just turns some people off. He's been accused of cultural appropriation and insensitivity, and his music can be a little formulaic and repetitive. So where does that leave us? Is Kid Rock a good musician or not? Does he evolve his sound, or is he a pandering musical used car salesman? It's a question that's up for debate, and that's exactly what we're going to do today on today's episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll. We're going to listen to some of his biggest hits over the years, and we're going to try to answer the question once and for all, does Kid Rock suck? What's up, everyone? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 62. My name is Bruce Kramer, and I'm behind the mic tonight with my good friend and fellow music aficionado, Mr. Ryan McCusker. Are you rock man? Prisoners of Rock and Roll is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, and we're sponsored by Boldfoot Socks and McCusker's Tavern in Philadelphia. Be sure to like, share, and follow us on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. What's going on, brother? Nothing, brother. Just, uh, you know, waiting for... The- for uh, some better weather, maybe hit the beach early this year. I don't know. What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, man, I'm doing all right. It's uh, it was a spring break last week, so took the uh, took my camper out Pennsylvania, like uh, Central PA. Spent a week kind of just chilling out and recharging. It was nice. Did a little bit of work while I was there, and uh, listened to a lot of Kid Rock to get ready for this episode. Yeah, man, Kid Rock's been around a long time, dude. He has, and I had forgotten how long the intro to that Ba with the Ba song is. I just had to play it for like a minute <laughs> and a half just to get to the uh yeah. my name is Kid Rock. Um yeah. yeah, dude, this it's, is this is something else that's been on the topic list for a while. Does he, you know, is he good? Does he suck? It's kind of a follow-up to our we did an episode on does Rush suck or not? And just kind of thought that was just a cool topic idea. We're like, yeah, let's do some more uh shows on that kind of uh, you know, avenue. I mean he he is a character pure at the end. He's a character. Uh, I think he's pretty talented, dude. I think he's a brilliant businessman. Um, you know, he just doesn't shut up. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know? uh, yeah. And we're going to try to not get into the politics. Well, I, we're going to, we should try to not get into all the politics, but it's really hard, man. Just, uh, you know, he as we're getting- it in his music, man. Yeah, especially recent. Like the last album, dude, is really heavy into it. Um, and even trying to go on YouTube, you know, I always try to find like interviews of the artists that we're talking about or, you know, watch some stuff. And it's impossible to put him in YouTube and just not see. Yeah, I mean, shit, everything was about he's in the news a lot right now because all that 
controversy with Bud Light. And it's like, that was every video that was looking at. I'm like, dude, I just want to see like a, you know, I want to hear an interview with him talking about music or something like that. It was hard to find. Without getting political, Bruce, can you please explain to me this whole Bud Light thing? Yeah. Budweiser signed like a promotion or they did a, uh, they made a promotional can for a transgender person named Dylan Mulvaney. And um, some people take some issues with Dylan Mulvaney for he's kind of a caricature of a woman, just kind of the way he acts and everything like that. And um, so uh, a lot of people, a lot of conservative people took issue with that. And Kid Rock made a video where he had a couple of cases of Bud Light on like a table out on his ranch outside of Nashville. And he was like, fuck Bud Light. And then he shot it with a. Uh, I believe it was an AR-15. It was a, some sort of semi-automatic rifle, and he just lit it up, and then that, you know, that got all over the news. So it's been, it's been really controversial, kind of what's been going on. But that's also, you know, Kid Rock is a very, I don't know. I was telling you last night, like he's like a modern Ted Nugent with his politics and his absolutely mouth and, and everything else. So. I think right now he, his mouth is his worst enemy. I mean, he's like Donald Trump of rock and roll. Like he, he just doesn't know when to shut up. Yeah, and that's um. That's a good point because I saw something before. Like somebody, people have always said, like, uh, you know, in psychology, there's that part of your brain called the id that's like impulsive. And they said, like, you know, Donald Trump is like that of politics. And Kid Rock is like that too. You know, he's pompous, he's a little egotistical, or the, uh, you yeah, know, he says a lot of, he's very brash with the things he says. Or no, he's you know, over it, the top. He's over yeah. the top. You yeah. know, and, wh- and whether that's him or not, I mean, the the there's maybe there's a difference between the real dude and kid rock is a, you know, I don't know if that's a character he's playing or it's really him, but um, it's really hard to tell show yeah. business, you know, uh, that's like a 24 hour gig being a rock star. So you like, you always have to be on. Um, I think he's kind of being himself more these days than he was 20 something years ago. Um, you, you know, he grew up in Detroit, but dude, you go like twenty minutes outside of Detroit, and it's real, real Hickville, USA. Not yes. to insult our listeners that are like in the middle of nowhere, but coming from a South Philly guy, you know, Kid Rock, the furthest thing he did was come from like a City Avenue or anything like that. He grew up on like his parents' ranch. Yeah, his parents were upper middle class. His dad owned a couple car dealerships. You can see pictures on the internet still of the house he grew up in, and it's like shit. It's it's way nicer than what I live. Yeah, you know, it's uh no, it's absolutely. I mean, I think his whole beginnings was all gimmick. Um, you know, he came out right when when Vanilla Ice came out. Yes. And he was compared to Vanilla Ice a lot, and he hated it. Well, you, you couldn't help it though. He had some weird haircut. Yeah, at yeah, the time, and yeah, um, yeah, he grew up in this upper middle class, and then he got into hip hop music in the '80s, and he was like a break dancer, and he said he was working as like a DJ, and he was um, he would work in like a studio, and he would help like lug all the equipment around and shit like that, and then in exchange, they would let him use the recording studio and he started rapping and everything else. And, you know, I imagine like a lot of other suburban white kids, man, like when the beastie boys were coming up and, you know, we talked about that before and like the golden age of hip hop episode, like hip hop, uh, kids just wanted to do that. They wanted to get into that kind of music. Yeah. 
I like, you know, I, I think he's pretty talented. I think he's a hard worker. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Being a hard worker in music's half the battle. That was probably all put together by some uh, record company like making him look like a certain way. And, you know, he was kind of uh, like third base. Remember third yeah, base? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop goes the weasel. Yeah. Like, yeah. he kind of remind me of that, like tongue in cheek, kind of like I'm tough from, you know, like those dudes were. Yeah. The stuff I was reading about him or a couple of interviews was that he would go into Detroit. Like he started DJing parties and he would go into like, the bad parts of the hood, you know, he was going in there and he was doing these DJs. And then he met, um, this guy D nice, who was, uh, he was in boogie down production. He was kind of associated with a KRS one and he helped. Yeah. Kid yeah Rock, sure. He helped kid rock get his first like record deal. And that first, you know, those first albums, it was like, I mean, so the, the one, the breakthrough album devil without a cause, it went like, I think it went diamond. I think it's like 15 million copies. He had, that was like his third album. He had a couple before that. Yeah. I mean, he put a good 10 years in before he like made a name for himself on MTV and stuff, you know? Yeah. You said his work ethic too. I, one of the interviews I read with him, somebody was saying like, you know, people always ask me, you know, what tips do you have for a rock and roll or how can I become famous? And he was like, dude, you know why I'm still here? Cause I worked harder than you did. And he's Hell like, yeah. I, 
you know, he's like, I worked my ass off and I never, he's like, I'm, I'm this one. And this is where I struggle with like, is he being a character? You know, you can't tell when he's playing a part or he's being honest. Cause then he'll talk about like, you know, I'm in the studio at three o'clock in the morning every day. And I work till six o'clock at night, writing music or, but I believe know, he, it. I yeah. believe it. I believe he's that creative, you know, like he probably has a banging uh, studio in his house, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. And it's, it's, I know, we'll explore this, but it's like, as his sound has changed, it's like, does he like all this music and he's evolving or is he just like, shit, this is what I can do to make a buck. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I've heard, you know, I watched some video uh, on YouTube, like another documentary. And it was one, I think it was, I think the channel was called rocker or something. And this dude was trap was like, here's 10 reasons why he's the biggest loser in the all time of rock and roll. And he was calling him like, he's a used car salesman. he, he puts the Confederate flag on and likes to say he's a hillbilly now, but he's yeah. this upper class white kid, you know, much like he wanted to be this hip hop dude and he ain't from the streets. So he's, I mean, except for him probably being, you know, in his late teens, early twenties, man, he knew nothing about living in the city life. Sure. You know, you know, yeah. Um, I heard that he would crash on people's, couches all the time and like live in detroit but not like live there like go home on the weekends kind of thing yeah he said he got yeah. like kicked out of his house a couple times as a kid and some other some other stuff and yeah i heard that too let's hear his first single dude it's it's pretty <laughs> yeah vanilla ice-ish let's which showed which showed people what he was working with at first yeah man this is off his album grits sandwiches and uh what the hell's it called Grit sandwiches for breakfast, and this is a song called Pimp of the Nation. There's only two types of men, pimps and johns. There's one type of bitch, and that's a hoe. That's really bad. Yeah. I mean, but you can hear how young he is. Sure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny to look at all the pictures of him on the Internet. He's, he's got the lines in his head and shit. Yeah. You really, know? really skinny dude. And just got the like the kid and play like white boy version of the yes. box haircut, like straight up in the air. Even that album cover, he's got that dopey. I don't even know. It's like a cartoon of him with the high hair. But yeah. Yeah. I, but that was the times. Sure. Yeah. You know, that was the times. And he put out two other albums after that that I couldn't find anywhere on Spotify. I guess they were. And he said a lot of that, too, was like, um, well, this album. Well, let me back up a second. This album was out on Jive Records. The KRS-One's guy helped him get on. And there was another song on here, Yodelin in the Valley. And it's something about like oral sex on a woman. And college radio stations started playing it. And then all these radio stations started getting fined by the FCC. And his record label dumped him. And they were Do just we like, hear it? Yeah, dude, it's it's equally as terrible, but here. Break from potatoes. Unusual, kind of casual. Yes, with me, girls are obsessed to 
get undressed, get fresh and have me yodel in the valley. And I do it at the drop of a dime. Sometimes go in from behind, slowly stroking, no joking. My tongue just keeps on poking. And the best type of also terrible. That, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So he got <laughs> <laughs> what kind of song is that, dude? So that got him his record label got dropped. And he came out with two other albums. Like he borrowed money from his dad and put out these albums that he said he sold. According to him, he sold 14,000 copies of his records, like out of the back of his trunk. Yeah. There's no a trunk of his Maybe. car. There's no internet. And he said it no, was just no. all him just hustling yeah. and working his ass off. I could see that though. A lot of, a lot of young bucks then were selling, you know, CDs or they're probably cassettes at the time. They're probably yeah. selling nothing but cassettes out of his trunk of his car. Sure. A lot and of guys were doing that back then. Something else I was reading too said these other the other two albums that he came out with were like he did have some samples. He started sampling like some rock music, some country music. So it's like it's always kind of been like in his thing, like what he did. Some of the samples. He definitely puts his personality in like the songs that he chooses to sample. Yeah, I agree. He said a lot of his like um his time too, like his music changing people have been like, how have you been able to like change your image so many times? And he's like, honestly, man, I'm just lucky. He's like, I'm just at the right place, the right time. And like you said, though, he's smarter than that, man. He, he knows his image and yeah, we'll get into it down later, but he plays to the audience and now he's playing to a different audience. I saw him at Woodstock 99, what he was doing then and what he's doing now is a complete, different sure thing. oh yeah man yeah so that first album with the first big album for i think it was atlantic devil without a cause i mean that was that came out in 98 so that's right up against when he goes on um woodstock 99 excuse me yeah and that album went went diamond so that's 10 million copies 15 million copies yeah it was huge yeah i Dude, remember that it was yeah. huge look god i remember being at woodstock 99 and we're like all right we're gonna go catch kid rock i didn't really think much of him but, you know, he comes out, it's 100 degrees out, and he's got this big fur on, and he's got a pimp cane, and he's got, like, a fur hat on, and he comes walking out, he takes the thing off, takes the jacket off, puts his other hat on, and right, he goes, my name is Kid. Like, right. it was so hype. It was probably one of the best openings I've ever seen. He plays the crowd, man. He, he didn't help with stock out by you know getting everybody wound up i remember standing there people start getting a little bit more aggressive when kid rock because he starts saying okay everybody start throwing shit not to hurt people but just to you know like i want to see things flying in the air so everybody start throwing plastic water bottles and you should have seen it man it, it, was, it was like it was like bullets flying through the fucking air but he told everybody to do it hmm you know, it, the whole place was, you know, I got hit plenty of times with uh, water bottles because he said everybody throw shit around. It was weird. It was really weird. This album was one of like the first, I don't know, new metal albums I remember hearing. But I was still working in the yeah. music store at the time. I was whatever, 22 when this album came out. It's full of aggression and testosterone. But I also largely don't like new metal, but I, I do like this album. I still listen to a lot of it. I consider new metal being like corn and like Limp Biscuit. Yeah. I really saw Kid Rock as a hip hop artist when he first came out. Okay. He had a band, you know, 
but the Beastie Boys were playing. Sure. Um, yeah. Right. Their, their instruments at the time, and you know everything was changing over real instruments besides just the DJ. He found his own sound. Absolutely. You know, like he created like this hip hop not new metal thing but like has a rock and roll twist to it it has more of a like a i don't know um like classic riffs instead of like new metal like putting um like original riffs in there like he would put like you know little clips of like Leonard skinner songs in there and shit for yeah. people to recognize yeah we'll get through that we'll, yeah, we'll get to that song the the, the big skinner uh warren zivon song that he you know that he did later but oh, yeah. it was warren warren zevon i'm sorry it, no it but it is like no it same... is it is no it's both it's warren's it's werewolves of london and it's uh sweet home alabama in the same wow the same thing and i got some notes on that too we'll get up to that but yeah dude that, this first album you're right man it doesn't have that um i don't know that funky bass line that corn had it is more like he's rapping over like a rock sound i was watching the woodstock 99 concert last night to do some research and uh, reliving that moment and i noticed he doesn't even have a bass player he has a he has two guitar players a drummer a keyboard player and a dj and he was using the dj as a bass guitar interesting yeah i noticed it last night i'm like all right well where's his bass player and then i'm like listening what was his dj's name uncle cracker yes yeah so he you know uncle cracker was his DJ. He split off and went solo and he had like some minor success with a couple tunes and, you know, like early two thousands. He um, had those like easy listening, chill songs. Yeah. They were like, uh, they were like, like drive at the beach. Yes. Driving at the beach. One of his songs always makes me think of like driving around Jersey shore town in my buddy's Jeep with the doors and the top off, just kind of doing dumb shit, stuff like that. Yeah. I've been there, bro. I mean, yeah. I th I think you do dumb shit when you listen to <laughs> Kid Rock. Like, all right, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do some dumb shit. Let's listen right. to Kid Rock. Right. Um, yeah. It's you know. Oh yeah. Uncle Cracker was more kind of like a watered down version of a little smoother Kid Rock. But yeah. But that, he was a DJ, and then he eventually left and went solo. And I don't know what the hell he's doing now. But what was the other single off of? Was it Cowboy? Yeah. There was a I'm the Bulldog was a hit. Uh, I like that one. Yeah. Let's play something. Play yeah, one dude. of them. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, I, I I like that song, but you know, it just seems like Kid Rock has one topic in his songs, and it's Kid Rock. <laughs> yes, he sings about himself a lot. Yeah, like how dope he is, and he is dope. Yeah, but, he uh, loves he loves singing about how awesome he is and how many records from the he's beginning. Sold. We, we, yeah, we from the very beginning, that, since that that first song we listened to on our show today, you know, he was talking about himself. And then yeah. the second song, he's talking about himself, you know, oral sex. And then he comes out, my name is Kid. Like, how many times are you going to, like, 
use that card. I don't know. Maybe 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't listen to any of his new music. I don't, you know, but I'm sure he still like talks about representing like his lifestyle or whatever. Yeah. Yes, he does. I um play the cowboy song. Okay. I dig that song. I like that too. And again, you know, just still talking about all the money he makes and how famous yeah. he is and everything else. You know what? Um, the biggest memory of that song that I had was when Kid Rock did it at like MTV Awards. And he's doing the song, and all of a sudden, a horse comes out, and Joey sees on the fucking horse. Like yes. the horse is huge, and he's like this little fucking dude on there. And he's like rapping on the fucking horse. It was hysterical. Yeah. We could talk a little bit. About, yeah, why don't we talk about Josie a little bit? Because he kind of oh, became. God the, bless Josie, yeah. man. He was dope. Yeah, man. So he was uh, Joe Kale- Kaleha. And, uh, you know, I actually looked up like what what he had because he was yeah, three foot nine. He had like celiac disease, which is like a intestinal inflammation disorder. And he was taking like a prednisone for which is like the steroid that you take if you get like poison ivy really bad um and that is what like stunted his growth as a kid and uh oh, wow and he said this disease he was taking like 60 pills a day just to Jesus. stay alive and he you know it's kind of sad man he said i read something where he said like i would trade all my fame and my money and everything if i just to not have this illness oh i'm um, sure and he started going to kid rock shows he was a fan and he yeah. said Kid Rock would be on stage. He'd be like, who the hell let this little kid into my concerts? <laughs> and the kid was like, you know, middle finger and F-bomb. And he's like, wait, that's actually like an adult. Yeah. And then he died. At, he was 26. He died. That's like at his parent. He was like staying at his parents' house and he died in his sleep or something. But but imagine all the stuff that Kid Rock gave him, like, you know, that sure. attention. He, he, he became like, you know not as well known as kid rock but he was in kid rocks you know posse yeah you know? sure like he was like his flavor flave you know yeah um, absolutely i was surprised when i was like man he died dec- 2000 23 years ago he passed away man i remember seeing him and uh how little tiny he was it's like yeah you, 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 until you see it with your own eyes you're like holy shit you know he had a shirt on at Woodstock. It says, I'm not a fucking midget. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then they, um, what he said, and Kid Rock's, all right, all right, all right, all right. We're going to bring out little Jimmy. We're like Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah. Where's oh, little who's... Jimmy Hendrix? And he brings Joey C out in like an American flag, like a hole cut in it. And he's wearing it yeah. as like a poncho. And he's got this huge afro on. That's funny. Yeah, and he, I, Kid Rock's like, I don't know who this kid is, but he likes to smoke a lot of weed. Uh, and yeah, Kid Rock wore a poncho out of an American flag later, too, that gets him in a lot of shit we can talk about. But yeah, man, it's uh, 
you know, Joe C was only alive. The Devil Without a Cause came out in 98 and Joe C passed away in 2000. So it's just kind of, it's unfortunate. But he gave him a great life, man. He gave him, he gave him like, you know, the dream of millions to be somebody. Sure. You know, and Kid Rock he, didn't care. Right? It could probably, I don't know, man, like you're going to try to take this dude as a serious musician and he's got. Like this little person rapping about how big his penis is. And you know, so people be like, this guy is a fucking cartoon and Kid Rock. Does, he, he never has cared. Well, this is the thing. Like we were, we were like messaging each other last night. Looking at Kid Rock's band is like looking at a sideshow. Like it's so different. Like you got one dude that's a rocker. You got a, you know, a black girl playing the drums you got like some geek playing the keyboard and you got another guitar player with purple hair. You got Uncle Cracker and then you got Joey C. Like, you know, that's right. That's, you know, that's a fucking weird group of band, you know, his drummer, too, man, is worth pointing out because he has taken a lot of crap over the years. Two people have said he's racist and he's everything else. And he has almost always had black musicians in his band. And he also has a interracial child too so it's like i don't know man i i find that funny when people are like yeah you're he's a racist and all this other stuff no i don't think he's a racist i just think he's i don't know he's an american he likes american shit Uh, Uh, i mean he's a jackass he says some dumb stuff like he yeah i'm sure he knows that but he's in the paper every day isn't he him talking about just bud light thought it was to have this show his brand recently his publicity has been more around things he said about other people or brand you know the bud light thing more than his music recently did you see him at the uh and whatever extreme fighting picture with him oh you sent it to me yeah yeah with him with him and donald trump and he has his own cap on yeah he's wearing a kid rock hat i think mike tyson (laughs) is with him too yeah yeah that's a hell of a fucking group right there. Every Holy interview shit. he does, he's wearing a hat, like a hat that says like we the people on it now. And you can go on his website or you, know, you go on Spotify now. They'll sell like merch and it'll say, you know, you can buy all the stuff that he's selling. So, well, he didn't he use that slogan with, with that race car driver. Brandon, oh, let's, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, whatever yeah. that was. He yeah. was like he was like way on top of that. I mean, we'll get up to his, you know, his last album and everything, but. Yeah, after this album, then he, I guess his sound kind of took a little bit of a change because after Devil Without a Cause, the next album, Cocky, came out. And that's got like, you know, some some heavier kind of stuff on it. But it's also got that song Picture on it with Sheryl Crow, which which is great. One interview I saw with him, he said when he recorded that, the head of his record label was like, dude, you're going to ruin your career if you put this out. And um, Sheryl Crow's record label wouldn't let them release that as a single. So he re-recorded it with a uh, country singer called Allison Moore. And that was the single, but radio stations were like, no, we want to play the Sheryl Crow one. So they just started playing it anyway. And oh, then wow. it went huge. So, and it's like, yeah, you, know, you can, you can find it. It's on YouTube. The original, it doesn't, it doesn't sound that much different. I saw Sheryl Crow in concert and she played that fucking song. Yeah. Like she don't fucking hate it that much. She fucking plays it in concert. I think it was a record label, not necessarily. Oh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't her. It was the record label. Because she was, was on a so, different label. On um, that first record, he did have a ballad on there called God Only Knows. I remember it. But this is a real fucking ballad. Like, he really, like, took a left turn of all that testosterone shit. 
yeah, and uh, all that pimp and hoe thing, and turn into like, oh, I'm this sensitive guy too, you know. I'm just not this bad boy. I'm a sensitive guy. Play the song. I put your picture away. Sat down and cried the day. I can't look at you while I'm lying next to her. I put your picture away. Yeah, man, totally different sound. Totally uh, different. It's a shame we can we can't play more than thirty seconds because she sounds great on it. They have great harmonies, great chemistry together. And he's singing. He's not doing that over the top screaming, shouting, and he's changing. You know, like a chameleon. Like he knows, he knows he has to do something different to 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 stay in the game. Yeah, all the all the great people, all the great entertainers change their image on every record kind of thing. Yeah, he he's not the best singer in the world, but yeah, no, okay. by no means is he. But here he is, this bad boy talking about him being lonely in the hotel room. Dude, I, I totally get what you're saying. It's totally different. And that song was was friggin enormous for him. You know, how it was many huge it was enormous. And it just kind of one of the I don't know, second time he's reinvented himself a little bit from the the rapper that stuff we played first to the devil without a cause. And then this, and then he, you know, he very slowly starts, I don't know, man, his song, his sound just starts evolving and he gets more, more yeehaw and country. And, and yeah, I think, I think this is the point where he like changes, like his whole, like idea of what kid rock's going to be besides that Sheryl Crow song on there. I know there was something else that was really heavy. You never met a motherfucker quite like me. Yeah. yeah, can we play a little go. bit of that? Yeah. Yeah, man, that he's, song's got, he, I don't know, there's like that he, soulful, the harmony in the background. and Yeah, but he still has this twangy thing happening in his music. Like, I totally hear maybe hints of steel guitar or something happening with an acoustic guitar on that. Yeah, it's it's not like he, he didn't just flip a switch one morning and just go completely country because there's there's like pieces of it in all in some of this earlier stuff that he's doing. Sure. Well, like I said, you know, he's he's a hick in heart. That's where he grew up. He grew, you know, he's how can he how can he not have his culture and his music? I think once he saw an opportunity, he's like, I'm going to show people that I'm more than just this rapper, whatever. But that song, again, he's talking how dopey is. <laughs> sure. Yeah, right, right. And it's, you know, there's tons of tons of songs across all of his catalog where he's he's doing that. He's singing about how awesome he is. Yeah. And then so the next album that he came out with, the album Kid Rock, and all these have gone platinum too, up until Oh, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, his first uh one, two, three, four, five, five or six albums were all went at least platinum, if not more. 
that album Cocky went five times platinum. The one after this, Kid Rock went platinum. Rock and Roll Jesus goes five platinum and went number one. So <laughs> you know, all these Jesus. hits. Yeah. Again, you know, and he's rocking and he's rock and roll Jesus. <laughs> Is but, he like on the cover on the with a crucifix or something? No, shit? it's just a black cover. ACDC back in black. Yeah, pretty much. But his you know, the next album that he came out with has got he covered uh Feel Like Making Love. And he's got that song with Hank Williams Jr., Cadillac Pussy. Yeah, so he's getting a oh, little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll play a little hey, bit of that. Yeah, play that song, dude. Holy shit. I, and Hank William Jr. is great, too. Yeah, yeah. But, the, you know, <laughs> Cadillac Pussy. And I, that's they should have called the album that. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> right. that's brilliant. Yeah, man. Like, look at all the, like. So far, I have not heard nothing but him like. um, Insult like the whole women gender things calm ho and oh yeah absolutely all shit yeah way Again. more than way more than you know uh motley crew could ever do and you know or disrespect women and we still we talk about how maybe that keeps them out of the rock and roll hall of fame um you know and this guy inducted three people right in their rock and roll hall of fame. yeah he inducted aerosmith bob seeger and i forget who the other one was but he's accepted. He could sit there and talk about, like, you know, all Skinner. that shit. He inducted Skinner as well. God. I mean, that's his gig. And Cheap Trick. Huh. Okay. So he's very accepted by the industry. Yeah. He'll, I don't, he'll never get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, nor do I think he really deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's not doing no. anything. You know, he's not an amazing songwriter or anything else. You know, he's no, just... He's, He's fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just fun. It's shit to listen to. You know, his recent stuff, I I, you know, I just listen to it when I'm sitting in my backyard around a fire pit. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was over, I'd be like, turn that shit on. Let's hear it. Yeah, sure. But can I sure. point out the pussy song? Yeah, please. please. <laughs> can we acknowledge that he abandoned rap in that song? Oh, absolutely. Thing, sure. And he just sang through that whole song. Sure. Yeah, right. It's a good point, man. Like, so his sound is evolving a little bit and he isn't rapping. And Hank Williams Jr. has a reputation of being outlaw country. Hell yeah. He comes from his father's loins, man. Sure. His, his father was the original outlaw. Yeah. And he did some stuff later with Hank. He's got a song, Redneck Paradise, that came out a little more recently with uh, with Hank Williams Jr. on it as well. And, you know, yeah, he did the cover of Feel Like Making Love. He's singing on that, too. He's not rapping. And, uh, I don't know this album entirely well if it's got some other uh some rapping on it, but there's a song on here like Hillbilly Stomp and yeah, he's just yeah, he's totally starting to make that move musically. Can we hear his version of making love? Sure, just man. To see how he yeah. does with it. Here you go. Make it up. I feel like 
it's not real good. No, if this was the gong show, I would have gonged that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that song I mean, could wind up in the electric chair today. I mean, he's, uh, I don't know. That sounds like he's like jumping the shark a little bit. It's like bad karaoke. It's like he's trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good analogy, bro. He also, what the hell is that song where he samples Metallica? Oh, yeah. American Badass. Oh, I remember American Badass. Let me hear it. Are you scared? Devil without a cause, and I'm back with the beaver hats and Ben Davis slacks. Thirty pack of stroll, thirty pack of hoes. No road gain in the propane flows. The chosen one, I'm the living proof with the gift that gab from the city of truth. I jab and stab and not crit. That's sad but true. Yeah, right on. And it's got references to you know he does the my name is kid, and then he he. Quotes like, like two of his other songs. There. He put like Rogaine. He ran, he wrapped something and he put Rogaine in there. Yeah. I wonder what he paid Metallica to sample them. That's like on another level of money. Like Metallica don't do shit for free. I mean, are you looking at I'm trying to look it up? Uh they said he actually never Metallica was never even really down with letting anybody sample their stuff. He had to pay so much money that they were like, okay, cool, but I can't. I don't see what they uh, it had to be a lot of fucking money, man. Metallica don't fuck around. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So sampling from other songs like that has always been a big thing. And even um, like Cowboy samples uh, the base of the uh, Boys Don't Cry by the band. And he got sued over that. I've read that. Really? Bob with the Boz got a bass line from another song that he borrowed. You know, he's got that song all summer long. You know, sampling other famous songs has you know, that Metallica song that was huge when that came out because it was sampling Metallica. Let me ask a question. Is his original band playing on these later records? Yes. All of them. So he the album Born Free, where he start when he goes like really country, is um a different band. And but we'll you know, we'll get up to that. But okay. then he but then he gets his original band back together and he's still with them now. Oh, okay. So a little, you know, I'm not comparing him to Springsteen, but a little bit like, you know, he fires the band, does something else, and then gets the band back together like Springsteen did with the E Street Band. Because I hate to say it, I, you know, they're not really that good of a band. <laughs> he could definitely have, like, better musicians up there with him. Oh, you know what, dude? I forgot to mention it, too. He can play all the instruments in his band. He's a self-taught musician, and he knows how to drum play guitar, play bass, play keyboards and all that. Other yeah, kind of I'd seen him at Woodstock. He did everything. He DJed yeah. behind his back and, you know, all that shit. Okay, he can do it, but does right. he do it well? I could fucking do everything he does, but I don't do it well. Talking about the other song, man, that has the big samples in it all summer long that had Werewolves of London and Sweet Home Alabama by Skinner. I read something from him. He said, like, when he used to go to out to the club, he would hate techno beats like the. He said he would hear these like certain DJs would play like they would sample hit like rock songs and turn and play them in the clubs. And he was like, dude, that's really cool. And he's like, maybe I could do that and take samples from two different songs and put them together. He said he got 
permission from Skinner and he got permission from Zivon's estate to do this. It's not like he just ripped it off, but money you know, talks, heard, baby. Money sure. talks. Sure. And I've heard people you know, slam the shit out of this song for yeah, all he's doing is just taking two different songs and putting them together. But it's it's a good summertime song. The first time I heard it was really confused about which song it was. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Whoa. Let's yeah. hear it. Yeah, here you go. It's just a summertime song, man. I, I like it. He's so smart, man. Let's take two songs that people already love and put them in another song and people will love it again. Like, that's brilliant. It's like it's 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 already a win before it was even put out. It's a win. Like those songs are killer. I remember Howard Stern talking about this when it came out and, and Fred Norris going like, go just pick any two songs. And somebody rattled off two classic rock songs. He's like, I'll come back tomorrow with the beats put together into another song. And I, he did. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, the thing kid rock though, we'll say about this was like, nobody else did this before me. Yeah. You're all yeah. like, Oh, anybody could do that, yeah. did, but you didn't. The closest thing that I could do is uh run DMC mixing our Smith. Sure. And that song's got 400 million downloads or listens on Spotify. So it's, you know, somebody's listening to it. People love it. It's, it's, you know, I like it. It's a, a summer song. I would put it, I would put it on my playlist for fun. It's kind of corny. Like it's corny as shit. He's you know? corny. And he, he admits yeah. corny. You know, he was, I watched some video the other day. He was bragging about driving a Rolls Royce with a Waffle House uh, license plate holder on it. It's over the top and it's, you know, he's just having fun with it. He's, you know, you're not listening to this shit to hear cutting edge stuff like Pink Floyd or, you know, even, you know, innovative, weird stuff like Kate Bush. I'm sure the Kate Bush fans are going to no, blow yeah. us up. But yeah, he made a right move when he, he made that song because he really didn't hear much of them. And then he put that thing out and rekindled his uh, popularity. Yeah, I felt like yeah. that was like his he's back. Maybe this is a good time to take a break. Yeah, dude. That sounds great. Why don't we take a break and then uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about the second half of his career and we'll we'll keep on rolling. Right on. Stick around. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern in Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Chunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. Do you know that you can change your style just as much as Kid Rock by wearing socks from Boldfoot Socks? I don't believe I just said that and rhymed it all without messing it up. Yeah, it makes- dude. <laughs> they make socks for every occasion from socks you can wear to work to socks you can wear while working out. Every single pair is made in America and using material that was grown in America. On top of that, they're a veteran owned business that donates 5% of their proceeds to veteran charities. We are so happy to support them and have them support us. So go check them out at boldfoot.com. See, we're just having a good time, just talking some tunes and 
you know, I think we're at the point in his career too, where he goes more country. He's got the album Born Free that comes out. That album comes out in 2010. That album was produced by Rick Rubin. And Rick Rubin convinced him to move away from the band and really kind of embrace that more country feel. It was a smart move. I read a, a review of it in Far Out Magazine called this album Inane Bumpkin-Themed Nonsense. But <laughs> like, again, I like this album. I don't even need to keep justifying it. You fucking like what you like. And For the history of music, I think country music's the biggest music of all time. I think he saw country coming back into the mainstream. And he was like, okay, I'm going to change. And uh, my target audience is going to be these, you know, Confederate. How can I say, like, when we were in a record store working, they would target a certain audience of people by, like, their promotions. I think he saw a great opportunity. And he had, and he was famous by then. And he, he can afford to make some samples and make shit happen for himself and get them back on the radio. Absolutely. I'm in marketing for my real job and you figure out who you're selling to and what are you going to sell them? And he totally decided, Hey, I'm going to go after that country music band. Um, and you're right. There's probably more country music listeners and there are rock and roll fans these days. It's a bigger genre. And he made that switch and it largely seems like the country music establishment in like Nashville and, you know, they accepted him like, open arms by now like he's his mouth has started running about whatever kid rock wants to talk about like that week you know maybe becoming a celebrity more than a musician at this point yeah he moves to he lives outside of nashville tennessee you know i said he the waffle house on the uh, bumper sticker on the rolls royce pretty redneck stuff and yeah he's got his whatever he said, 200 acres and all of his guns and all of his other Southern kind of shit. But he does start wearing the Confederate flag on some stuff and he took a lot of crap for it. You mentioned Joe C wearing the poncho out of the American flag. He did that at the Super Bowl at the halftime. He was wearing an American flag with just a hole cut out of it. And people were like, dude, that's uh, you know desecrating the flag and all this other totally. kind of stuff. And the only reason you don't still hear about that is because it happened the same year at the Janet Jackson incident. She, she came out later and then she had her wardrobe she malfunction. Right, right. She had her <laughs> issue and then that just overshadowed everything. But he did do that. I had totally yeah. forgotten about it that he had done that. But I you know, was reading up about his controversies and everything else. But and I'm sure he knew exactly what he was doing then. You know, people noticed. We're talking about it. Absolutely. The title track on Born Free, too, is uh, I'll play a little bit of that because that's, you know, like just called Born Free. Here you go. some great chord progressions in there that you know remind me of bob seeger i thought it, it gave a very good attempt of sounding like seeger and springsteen seeger's a you great know. point you know also from detroit and seeger's actually on this album too he does a song with cheryl crow and bob seeger it's just um 
he's like adopting that Americana rock and roll sound of of what he's turning into now yeah. with the more country, you know. But he's putting like Americana rock and roll out at with that song. That's a perfect way to describe it. That it's Americana rock and roll. It's like uh, I don't know, Mellencamp on steroids. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's singing, but it's like pink houses, man. Yeah, dude. So that album comes out, and he's there's a couple other artists like Zach Brown is on here. He does a song with uh, the country artist Martina McBride and the rapper Ti, like on the same song. So he's like he's trying some different shit. And yeah, I mean he's like again he's famous enough he can have anybody he wants on his record. And yeah, he, and, he, and he explores like and he has a wide variety of different artists on his record, like from every section of the record store. Yeah, because I I, I think that he is a fan of all music. I think he is, too. And I don't think he's necessarily just like, um, you know, cashing in or trying to something like that. I think he is a fan of this music. He mentions Motown in one of his songs. I'm like, you know, you can't grow up in that part of the country and not be a fan of Motown music. Sure. So, yeah, absolutely. The Motor City. And again, that's where Ted Nugent's from. You're right. Right. The Motor City Madman. Uncle Ted, you know, he's his other, he's another, his own worst enemy. Yeah. yeah similarly, all the, um, the shit that was going on around Bud Light and Kid Rock, he, you know, Ted Nugent's been spouting off a lot about it too. And sometimes I'm like, dude, I just want to hear, hear you play Stranglehold Man and just be quiet. Whether I, regardless he, he of what even, I think of his opinion. He doesn't even drink. He's like, oh, I don't drink. I don't do drugs like that. What the fuck do you care? What's on Bud Light? Whatever. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Did Kid Rock say I'm not selling Bud Light at my concerts? I don't think so. I don't know if his bar, because he has that big ass, it's literally called uh -huh. Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk uh, in on downtown Nashville. And I don't know if they've stopped selling Bud Light or not. I can look. That'd be dumb as shit. Because people even asked me at the bar if we were going to stop carrying Bud Light. I was like, why the fuck would I do that? Right. You think I give any dams about anything in that what is being said about Bud Light or what they want to do with their advertisements. I don't give a shit. I don't even like their beer. I don't care. Right. Yeah. It looks like they're still selling it. Well, you mentioned selling beer at his concerts. Part of Kid Rock's thing was, remember he went on that one tour and he was like, he called it the best night ever tour. And the tickets were capped out at 20 bucks. I think parking was either free or it was capped out. And all the beer was like $4. And wow. he was like, um, I remember he went on Stern and he was talking about this. And he was like, if I don't sell out any of these venues, I lose money. But it's not. He's like, I don't want to go out on the road and automatically be like, OK, cool. The tickets are so expensive. It's if it's half full, I'm going to be rich. He was like, it's on me to put on an awesome show and have people come with. And if not, I take the risk, not the music venue. Yeah, you know, the venue shit out of that. Yeah, he's like, if the venue, you know, upfront is going to pay me five hundred thousand dollars, and if I don't sell any tickets, fuck it, what do I care? I'm still getting paid. He was like, no, 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 I'll take the risk. And he was like, um, negotiating all like the t-shirt sales and stuff itself to keep the price down. And I remember we, I remember we went, and a beer was cheaper than a bottle of water. My, my wife, and wow, I, it was like, wow. yeah, you know, it, it was, everybody, you know, it was everybody like must light, have been, but, everybody must have been wasted. Holy yeah, shit, yeah. And it's I don't know, I've seen him three or four times in concert. And I, I saw him with like cool in the gang one time. And I saw that's him with, cool. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, he's got 
the pyrotechnics in the jumpsuit and he's running all over the stage and doing his it's just a show, man. It's you know, I said it's a side it's partially a sideshow. I saw him in ninety-nine. I know what his crowd were once they're bros. Then what has his crowd turned into when his country music is like <laughs> in the spotlight? I saw him outside in the summer. I think it was on that tour, the uh best night ever tour. And I remember a dude wearing a hockey jersey, a kid rock hockey jersey. The back the the number was zero. And then the name on the back said fucks given. And then I saw him indoors at the Wells Fargo Center. And there was a dude in front of me who looked like Santa Claus, who had the beard and a Santa hat on. And I wound up taking a selfie with him. And then some other guy sitting directly in front of me was doing bumps of cocaine off of his car keys. And just turned <laughs> and just turned around and was like, here, do you want some? And I was like, no, dude, like just I've never been offered Coke at a concert before, particularly by some dude that I, I didn't even talk. He just turned around and was like, hey, do you want some? Hey, this is the thing. People who do drugs thinks everybody does drugs. Yeah, I, I guess. Swear so, to man. God, I swear to God, that's that's true. I never did any cocaine in my life, but people that do coke think everybody does it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we had we had lower level seats and they were like 10 rows off the floor or something like that. And the guy were like, wow, that guy's really just doing a bump right off of his keys, right in front of the crowd. And just, I don't know if he heard me He just turned around. And was like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm good, man. Thank you. Thanks. We, I'm going to tell a story, but you can cut it out if you want to. Okay. A very good friend of mine is a, was a big time cocaine dealer in Philadelphia. Okay. And he used to supply all the bands that came through Philadelphia with their Coke. And mm. he said one of the greatest guys he came across was Kid Rock. Like he treated his drug dealers with respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's a man of the people. But I heard straight from the guy, you know, he's a he's a cool motherfucker to be around. I don't know. When we were in Nashville for our honeymoon, we went into uh this dive bar called Santa's pub, which is just a double wide trailer. It's the diviest dive bar I've ever gone into. And it's owned by this guy who's a retired house painter. It's his really long beard. And he calls himself Santa. We were the only ones in there and we walked in and Kid Rock had a beer out at the time. And my wife ordered a beer, one of Kid Rock's beers. And I'm, we were talking about him. He said he was going to run for Congress or something. And this guy, Santa was like, Bobby ain't running for no Congress. And we're like, Bobby, and he's like, yeah, Bobby comes in here all the time. And, and this guy, Santa, he pulled out his phone and he was showing us all the pictures. Here's Kid Rock in the bar. And <laughs> he's like, there's a see this that picture over there. There used to be a mirror there. And Kid Rock came in and threw a, a bottle of tequila through it and trashed my place. <laughs> or, and he's like, uh, you know, this, this Santa's pub is famous for having like karaoke every night. He's like, at one time, Kid Rock came in and he was singing karaoke and everyone all drunk is coming up to him like, man, you sound just like Kid Rock. And he's like, oh, yeah, imagine that. Like, there's some Kid Rocks on one of his newer songs. He's got a line in there like, I'm singing karaoke in a double wide. And it's like because of that bar. But then this guy Santa was showing. He's like, here's a picture on my phone of the guy from ZZ Top in here. And here's, you know, the Zach Brown band in here. It was it was super cool. And we were in there for an hour and a half just talking. To the, I, I have a picture of my wife and I with the guy Santa, like framed hanging in my house. But that's awesome. Yeah, I, probably, I mean, I dig that kid rock promotes himself as one of the people you know he, he may be like i'm dope i'm this i'm that he's just making music 
but he's hanging out at these like local bars, you know, and we look up to see if he's donated money or if, if he's involved in any giving back at all. Yeah, he has a there's a thing called the Kid Rock Foundation that gives uh, money to disadvantaged kids. Kid Rock Foundation looks like it does a lot of stuff in Detroit, uh, the Food Bank of Tennessee. I also know he does a lot of stuff for the with the troops, like the USO. He's always on the road. That's great. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Says he donated a thousand meals to people in Western Michigan. Hopefully, he does things and not let anybody know about it. You know, said he's uh he's done some USO stuff and he's like uh he's gone overseas and like personally like served meals to to the troops. You know, he's he went over there at Christmas one time and he's got like um. Uh, like a Santa hat on and he's like working in the chow line, like serving, serving Christmas meals to people. So I think he's on a level that he is humble by doing shit like that. I love seeing the good in people, you know, and here's the American badass. And I love hearing him helping the troops. And there's not a lot of like patriotism in music anymore. No, and he definitely does. I mean, there, there is a lot of patriotism in country music but not in a lot of rock and roll. And he's always just kind of embraced that kind of stuff. And, you know, but then it, you start spilling into his politics and all that other kind of shit. Yeah. But, he's just, man, he's his own worst. That if you could just somebody take his Twitter away from him, somebody take his. Yeah. I got some songs from some of his later stuff too. Like here's a song off the album, first kiss called Johnny cash. And he's also really big in like just making re either he's sampling songs or he references other artists you know, he's always trying to tie it in, which also probably it helps sell his stuff. You know, I'm scrolling through his stuff and I'm like, oh, cool. He's got a song, Johnny Cash. I love Johnny Cash. I'll listen to that. Now, here you go. I think I hear a tad of auto tune on that. Yes, I do too. Yeah. He's not a good singer. So I think they no, they probably run think, that through the computer to knock the highs and lows off. Absolutely. He needs all the help he can get. I agree, man. Um, he covered sugar sugar pie honey bunch. Did he really? Oh, yeah, it's also not real good, but here you go. Yeah, it's no good. I mean, that's very, very different than the Funk Brothers playing that shit. Yeah, that's pretty soulless to me. Again, it's like another bad karaoke song. He really is. He really does like a glorified karaoke guy, man. Yeah, no good. Maybe we can wrap up by just talking about some of his latest stuff that he's done. His last album came out in 2022, Bad Reputation. 
And there's a song on there called Don't Tell Me How to Live. And it's so funny that when it came out, the video is like he's flying on a giant middle finger through the air. And Weird Al Yankovic actually had to he put something on like his Instagram. He's like, this is this video is not me making fun of Kid Rock. This is actually like a Kid Rock video. He's got a song on here. We the people. And this is where he's just gone full in the deep. You know, he's screaming like, fuck Fauci and let's go, Brandon and all the Jesus. Yeah, let me hear this. What the fuck is that? That's uh he spent too much Jesus time. Christ. He spent too much time at his house during He's COVID. definitely rapping. He's rapping again on that shit. He's yeah. fucking pissed. Yeah. And that uh, he's just gone full in the deep end with the political stuff and Holy just what what was the other song he had? I don't know if it's on this album. I, it was called Amen. Oh yeah, I that said, was from I, yeah. I said it like, to you. Yeah, and he, that, he just says he says a few lines in there that are like, what the fuck is he thinking by saying this? Yeah, that was on Rock and Roll Jesus. We could play a little bit of that, too. Natural disasters, all these wolves and sheep clothed pastors. Now, God damn it, I'm scared to send my children to church. And how can we seek salvation when our nations race relations? Got me feeling guilty of being white. That's some dumb shit. I don't know, man. That's a good summation of his music. Sometimes yeah, he's got the Jesus reference. He's got the he's starting to make some. He's got the troops reference in there. Right. He's he's throwing it all in there. You know, cold beer, <laughs> you know, shit. I think that's pretty much his career, man. Uh, so what do you think, man? Does he suck? I'm scared of him. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yes, he sucks. OK, I like him. I I don't know if I'd call it a guilty pleasure, but I get it. No, like I think he's very talented. He's more creative than I'll ever be. He's great. Yeah. You know, he really is. But in what I think, I think he sucks. Okay. Like, and I have respect for him. Nothing as a person, whatever he wants to do, knock himself out. I really don't care. That doesn't affect me one way or the other about his politics shit. I just don't care. But like his music at, at the end of the day, especially what he's doing now, it sucks. He sucks. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. His last album, I was not, I'm not a big fan of. It was a little too much for me, but I like his music more than you do. I saw him in his prime, you know, and I said it, dude, it was one of the best openings I've ever fucking seen at Woodstock 99 Yeah, when he came out. And, you know, I think he's a great performer. I think 
I think he's creative. He's talented. He's like that. But I, I, I just can't sit right by saying he doesn't suck because you know, I, on a level, he sucks. Yeah, he's never going to be. I don't, I don't see him ever getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's never going to be remembered as this all-time great rock and roll person or this country music person or anything. He'll else. be remembered. He'll be remembered like um, jokingly, especially if he keeps on going the route that he is. Yeah, he's like a boardwalk T-shirt now. He'll he'll be like on South Park. Like they'll make fun of him on South Park soon. Well, that's you know he was in Joe Dirt too, playing pretty much playing himself. That was all. He was great in Joe Dirt. Remember, he was like Death yeah. Leopard sucks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, we didn't even get into like his personal shit. Like, yeah, he was married to Pamela Anderson for like five minutes, and then he got in a fist fight oh, yeah. with Tommy Lee, and he got arrested. Uh, getting in a fight outside of a Waffle House in Georgia. And he's got all that kind of shit going on, too. I never said he doesn't fuck around. He don't fuck around. I never said he didn't. That's what I'm saying. I'm kind of scared to say, you know, he sucks because he may come after me. I don't know. Right. He's going to buy you a Bud Light shirt and want to shoot you. I sell plenty of Bud Light at the bar. He's not coming (laughs) to the bar. All right, man. I think we're ready to move on to the second half of the show. So here's our. There it goes. So. I got some feedback on our John Williams episode. Got an email from Brian H. Hey there. I just want to drop a quick note to let you know how much I enjoyed your recent episode on the music of John Williams. This was my first time listening to you, but as someone who grew up with his iconic film scores, it was great to hear a deep dive into his life and his work. I appreciated your discussion of his early career and how he developed his signature sound. It's amazing to think about the impact he's had on pop culture, and your episode did a great job highlighting his contributions. Keep up the great work. Cool. Thank you so much, man. Thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah, we were a little concerned that people were going to listen to something like that, you know, the John Williams episode, but it did yeah, okay. I was, it was af- I was af- I was afraid that people would look at the title of the show and be like, who's John Williams? And I'm not, you know, I, I, I thought it was a great show. And we mostly talk about rock and roll. So, you know, going outside our comfort zones. And then we got a YouTube comment from SunWizard37 on our clip about Led Zeppelin ripping off the Richie Valens estate in Boogie with Stu. I had no idea about the connection to Richie Valens estate, and it was really eye-opening to hear about the legal issues surrounding that song. I'm looking forward to checking out more of your content and learning even more obscure musical trivia. Your discussion was insightful, and I appreciate the depth and breadth of the topics that you cover. Cool. Uh, Also, thank you, and thanks for not, you know, we take a lot of shit on YouTube from people, so that was cool, and I'm sure we're going to take some shit after this episode. You know, I'm sure the Kate Bush fans, again, will be like, you're like Kid Rock, and you don't like Kate Bush, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, music Kate news, Bush like drinks I, Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. That doesn't right. mean anything. Uh, music news, I got two things. First one, uh, New Jersey's governor announced that September 23rd will forever be known as Bruce Springsteen Day in New Jersey moving forward. What's the date? What's the date? September 23rd. It's Springsteen's birthday. All right. Are like the post offices going to be closed that day? I, I, I Probably not. Still kind of cool. They've had Clarence Clemens Day in New Jersey since he died. Mm, it's about time Springsteen gets his. Springsteen just ended his uh, the first leg of his tour this past I heard weekend. it was great. He played Philly. I heard it was awesome. I heard it was a little formulaic compared to what he normally does. I don't know, man. I think people are starting to complain. It, it's almost like the expectation becomes so high. It's like the last season of like Game of Thrones and people inevitably bitch about it. Yeah. Somebody said that he played a lot of off his new cover album. 
which is, you know, what the hell? You know, they're only like three minute songs. Who cares? And he's still doing three hours and he's 73 years old. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to both shows in Philly in the summer. I know you said you're going to one of them, too. And yeah, you know, it'll be great. Those are those are home games for him. So I can't wait. I can't wait, dude. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And then the other piece of news I had, I thought this was interesting. Getty Lee announced that he has a memoir calling out coming out called My F and Life. It's going to come out in. <laughs> It's coming out in November. I was like, yeah, dude, I'd probably read that. I like music biographies. I'd probably. He's a brilliant dude. I'm sure his life has been very exciting. And he's written two other books. One was called Getty Lee's Big Beautiful Book of Bass. And then he okay. wrote another book called My Life is a Prog Rock Obsessive, which was like a collection <laughs> of essays. But I was like, yeah, dude, comes out in November. I'll probably check it out. I'll grab it from the library and read it. It'd be interesting to hear his his stuff and uh you know doing that episode on do they suck or not totally changed my opinion of rush and oh yeah i definitely appreciate them more i was actually listening to them in the car the other day my wife was like what you're listening to rush i was like yeah i dig it now i would like to give a a shout out to one of our listeners sure Um, i don't know if she's far enough into our seasons of you know she's going episode by episode but i like to thank this is Coolin, Mrs. Barb Coolin, who's been listening to all of our shows and always posting things on my Facebook of how much she's enjoying it. So she's a very old friend of mine. She's a, a wonderful person. But I just I you know, we have great listeners and I, I appreciate them all, especially the ones that I know. Awesome. Appreciate the support. It's time for the electric chair and the electric chair is where we kill a song for being terrible. And this week I actually asked Josh over at Boldfoot Socks if he had a song for the electric chair because I know he's a big music fan. He's a great dude. Good people, man. Good company. So we're, we're happy to have him on board. And he said, well, discussing the electric chair with my girlfriend, Chelsea, she said that there's only one song that makes me groan and quickly change the station. And that is what it's like by Everlast. Go. Oh. Said that song hurts me at uh, my core for some reason. So please me too. do me the honor of putting that song out of its misery. Looking forward to the new episode, Josh. Here's another guy that was a rap guy, and he, he took his turn in rock and roll. Yeah. I hated this song. Yeah. I, all right. Let's just kill it. We sentence you to death. I liked that song. I liked, well, I liked that album. Um, I haven't listened to anything that he did in a long time. I don't even know if he's still making music. It doesn't look like he, 2018 with his last album. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to any of his shit in a long time, but. Yeah, you know. I, I didn't like his whole rock and roll run. If people don't know, he was the one of the guys at House of Pain, uh, jump jump around, you know, and then he went acoustic. He had like a heart attack. It was a huge hit. I mean, it was, yeah, that album sold a ton. He, um, I like the name of the record. Whitey Ford sings the blues. Yeah. He covered uh, one of the Johnny Cash songs, like Ring of Fire or something. It's it's so terrible. Uh, the we'll it, it for another. It it was really bad. All right, man. So I think that is it for episode number 62. Thanks so much for spending some time with us as we talked about Kid Rock. And if you want to hear all the music we talked about today, we put together a Spotify playlist for every episode and there's a link to it in the show notes. And while you're in the show notes, you can find links to our website, our email address, our social media pages, and 
a map to McCusker's Tavern in Philadelphia in case you're in town and want to stop by. So that's it, man. We'll uh, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll think we got to circle up, figure out what we want to talk about next, and uh, we'll get after it. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Keep on rocking. Peace out. I'm just a prisoner. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.